This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a Friday installment of the Soulfully Casual Podcast brought to you by Matty Ice Media. I'm your host, Matty Ice. Everybody had a great week. It's Friday again. Probably the best day of the week, at least for me. We have something to look forward to. Uh, Also, this is a month where a holiday of sorts, really a day of remembrance, has finally come into the spotlight. I think all of the racial tensions of the last year brought Juneteenth to the spotlight for uh, good reasons in terms of exposure, but it obviously took us a lot of heartache and a lot of a negative exposure and ne- just negative events in general to get us to this level of heightened awareness as it relates to this particular day. Uh, for those who are not aware, Google it, first of all, because you should not be relying on me or you should not be relying on just your black friends or black acquaintances to inform you of history that relates to the uh, history of their culture, history of slavery and so forth. In my opinion, Uh, One of the ways that we are going to get to true equality and true uh, empathy is through doing our own research, asking our own questions through that research, and honestly being made to feel uncomfortable. So um, Juneteenth is the day in which slavery became officially abolished in this country. I think the common misconception is that it was abolished when the Emancipation Proclamation was given by Abraham Lincoln at the end of the Civil War. That's not actually a fact. Um... At this point, it's important to know that there was time between that speech and this particular day in history uh, before that came to fruition. So even with the intention of abolishing slavery, it still wasn't an instant fix. Uh, There were still a lot of supporters of slavery even after the Civil War. Theoretically speaking, the way the Civil War ended, the North coming out on top, was a finite ending to that struggle. It was the deadliest war in the history of this country, which is true, but also if you think about it, it was a civil war. So clearly when both sides are fighting from the same side, you're going to have mass casualties that are not going to necessarily add up to the casualties of other wars. But it's not really the point. So this became something of a spotlight. Uh, Many black people were very vocal about it last year, and rightfully so. And hopefully many white people like myself took the opportunity to do the research that I mentioned. I did. And this year, it's coming up again. We are in the middle of this month, and what the Senate has done is passed a bill that is officially making Juneteenth a national holiday. So I wanted to get into that a little bit. Um, On the surface level, many people might think this is a win for the cause. Now, I use the cause in quotes because I understand that it means something to different folks, right? Like what that means to me doesn't necessarily equate to what it means to you or what it means to the people that feel that they are heavily involved and invested in the cause. Uh, But to me, the idea of making something a national holiday is a very surface level band-aid, not even a fix. It's really a distraction. Um, What feels very insulting to me is that so many people in Congress uh, and in the Senate specifically in this particular case are mistaken in thinking that something this subsistence level is worthy of praise and basically finger pointing to say look at me I support you know black lives matter I support the cause 
in reality though i think what it does is give a very off-putting feeling to people who are invested in the cause and honestly that should be everybody but i think you understand what i'm saying here and i went through a lot of the twitter timelines i went through a lot of comment sections and i really wanted to understand the general rhetoric that was following up on something that feels like a monumental thing because of the way it's been presented to us in the news. Uh, the way it's been presented to us in the news is that it's breaking news and it's something that should be celebrated. So let's also keep in mind that these national holidays are all inclusive. They are not generally um, limited to just whoever it is that feels they are the are ones afflicted by this particular holiday or something like that. Um, you know, the 4th of July is for, for everyone, uh, Christmas, you know, for those of you who celebrate it is for, is for those folks. Thanksgiving is the same way. Um, and I think about something like Juneteenth, which really represents the end of a truly represent reprehensible time in this country's existence. And the thing I think that's so, uh, worthy of inclusion here is that we have made a lot of progress, but we are not there, folks. Like, I just don't believe that we are there. And why do I say that? Well, the priority of the people that we have elected to essentially run this country, to make this country better, feel that it's more important to prioritize making sure that everybody gets a day off from work before these other causes that mean something to, to those folks who feel oppressed still in this country. Many black people, and honestly, people of color in general uh, continue to feel secondary to white existence. And it's just a known fact. Uh, I can tell you countless stories of things that I've read from people that I know on Twitter, uh, you know, Hispanic folks, you know, non-white people, uh, black people being mistaken for the, the workforce instead of somebody who's actually in charge. I mean, think about how insulting that is. Think about it, how insulting it is to be in charge, to be a leader a true leader, a competent leader, and have somebody think that you are the staff, that you are like housekeeping, or you are somebody who would know where like housekeeping is because of the way that you look. But people still do that. Women go through this constantly. The reason why mansplaining is, is, is a common term now is because men generally take the opportunity to sort of over explain to a woman because in their mind, they can explain it better. They know it better. And I understand that it's possible that this podcast can come off that way because I'm a man, but I think, I, I mean, I know I generally try to do whatever I can to make sure that when I am trying to clarify a point that I'm making sure that I'm doing it in a way that is not, you know, mansplaining essentially, because there is a difference between explaining something that somebody already knows and trying to sort of clarify a point. But in this case, um, again, we have decided that instead of prioritizing real issues that affect real people, and I'm talking about gun reform, talking about police reform, I'm talking about reparations, and you don't have to necessarily agree with all of those stances, but embedded within those, uh, those issues, embedded within those wants and needs are issues and fixes that can really go a long way to bringing equality to the United States of America. No matter what we think, nobody is is on equal footing in this country in terms of like generally across the board. Wherever you live, you might not see these overt acts of racism, discrimination, and sexism, and many different things. However, there are a lot of places in this country where that is commonplace. 
and because it's not in your purview doesn't necessarily mean that it's not true i think a lot of people suffer from that so the funny part for me is i've never seen something like this in my lifetime i've never seen an incident of egregious racism or sexism happen in such a way that it's like i that you can virtue signal to the fact that it's happening to where i feel a personal investment because it's happened to me but it doesn't take that for me to understand the cause. It doesn't take that for me to be impassioned about wanting equality for everybody across the board. Equality and fairness is what we should all want for each other. Not that, I mean, so I, I honestly sometimes believe that there are people in this country, and I think a lot of them are sitting in the Senate, sitting in the House of Representatives, truly feel that they should get eat first, essentially. That their rights, their bubble is more important than equality across the board. And they're not willing to give up a lot of that privilege and a lot of those niceties, if you will, to basically make life better across the board. And it's sad because there's a lot that this country could be doing to help our fellow man and woman and transgender and, and everybody. And we are continuing to elect people who seem to not be able to do that. And I, I don't blame just Republicans here because once upon a time, it felt like there were Democrats, there were Republicans, but crossing the aisle, so to speak, working with your opponent in terms of political party wasn't a foreign concept. We were able to do that so much easily, but it seems now that the people in office are much more interested and invested in their re-election campaigns, their campaign contributions, and being well-liked in a place, in a state that they don't really even represent. Like, that's the strange part. When I think of Mitch McConnell, like, does Mitch McConnell really feel like he is giving the people of Kentucky what they need and want when the school district in that state is one of the worst in the country? I mean, how can he look himself in the mirror and think that he's doing the best work for his state? I just don't understand it. Um, all of these senators and, and so forth that feel like the filibuster is constructive. It's not constructive. It's an active barrier to success. I mean, we are currently still asking ourselves in the Senate whether the events of January 6th happened. Are you kidding me? Like how much more evidence do we need outside of the fact that every news outlet picked it up? So many people published about it on social media. And I'm talking about people that were actively involved, actively talking about what they were trying to accomplish there. People talking about how they wanted to hurt people what more evidence do you need to investigate this in a way that is going to say this is something that could have stood the country on its head and it's disappointing here's what i want what i truly want is less of these federal holidays and more actual action now i've been very 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 outspoken about the fact that this is not something that is easily fixed in one day one bill one piece of legislation does not fix this across the board. But what can we do at the grassroots level to help this? Well, I think there's a few things that we can do. The first thing is, I think what we need to do is look toward our minority-owned businesses within our local communities. Where is the most effective place that you can put your time and your resources? It's in your own community. I have said this from the beginning as well, that active anti-racism starts in your own home when my son is old enough to comprehend what we're talking about right now he's almost one and a half uh he really can't handle 
nuanced ideas such as systemic racism. But when he's old enough to ask questions about why somebody looks different, why do somebody treat people, you know, because they look different? Those are going to be conversations we have in this household to educate him on how what you look like bears no resemblance of who you actually are. The person that you look like is not the person that you show. And I say this a lot. It's important to me to know who you are. Show me who you are. If you are somebody who believes that white people are superior, I would rather you tell me that than actually hide it from me and me find out later on. I'd rather people double down on their opinions. And I kind of talked about this in my episode about being a little confused about athletes in particular who don't want to get the vaccine. They're willing to come out and tell you that they're not wanting to get the vaccine, but they're not willing to give you some sort of an opinion or facts or real evidence as to why they are hesitant to continue when like 80 million people have gotten the vaccine at this point. And I would rather people be who they are. I'd rather them show me who they are because it's what I feel like is important. So if you're somebody who is invested in your own community, do the even more homework and try to invest in Black-owned businesses, Hispanic-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses. One of the ways in which we are going to help get to equality is to actually give these people equity in our community. They need ownership in the community. We talk about possession being nine-tenths of the law. Even property, property ownership still matters now. It is not as laid out as it once was where property, you know, property owners were the only people who could actually do anything in this country. But having a stake in your community, having an ownership, equity in your community matters. It's how we empower people to be a part of the community, to be on a level playing field. What people are asking for is not, they're not asking for the world. They're asking for a seat at the table. And how difficult is it to give them a seat at the table? I truly don't understand it. To me, another thing that you can do in addition to that is to help to actively promote these businesses. One of the things that I would like to do on this show is to reach out to local businesses in general, but also minority-owned businesses. Talk about how the pandemic has affected them. Talk about how their futures have been affected by all the resources that they haven't been able to get over the course of the last 15 months. How can we help them do that? How can the community help them do that? Give them the spotlight to build their businesses back up, to build their brands back up, and build trust within the community because you should be going to them as often as you go to these other businesses. I mean, obviously, if it's the type of business that you wouldn't frequent in the first place, I understand that. But there's a lot of minority-owned businesses that people don't even realize are minority-owned businesses, and you still go to them. And it's like, how can we actively identify and try to help and enhance that in terms of our own local communities? One of the other things I think that's really, really important, I mentioned it at the top of the show, research, asking questions. It's so damn important. I have asked a lot of uncomfortable questions. I have made sure to put myself in uncomfortable places to truly understand how one could feel something. I'll give you a great example. Um, my wife and I went to Hawaii twice. Her parents lived there. We got engaged there. And both times we went, we did not do what the tourist people do there. Um, they, they, her parents lived on the island for, for 10 or 11 years. And they were ingrained in the local community. They were invested in the local community. They didn't go to Waikiki Beach or do the tourist trap things. They would take you to all the good places. And I wanted to experience that. To me, it felt important. And this is across the board. Wherever I go, that's not, you know, like it's almost like a foreign country. Hawaii is almost like a foreign country in how far you have to travel. And the culture is so different. When I went to Europe in 2006, 
we would stop in a restaurant and listen in and the more english we heard we would move on we basically wanted to hear no english we wanted to be a part of the community we wanted to experience where the people who live there spent their time and in hawaii i wanted to do that and one thing i very much realized early on is that it's one of the only places in this country where you can be a true minority as a white person and yes there are parts of the country that are predominantly you know occupied by black folks and so forth but in hawaii they consider themselves a different country if you are born there you are considered a local you're considered native and that i think is a distinct difference from a lot of other portions of this country where there are higher demographics than others right um we were at a walmart and my wife told me watch how the greeter deals with the different types of people that come through the door anybody who looks like they're a local could pass this person stopped everybody that wasn't local hawaiian looking they stopped me they stopped black people they stopped others as well um it was actually incredible and i thought that can't be by coincidence like that, there can't be a coincidence there and then i did a little bit more digging a little bit more research and i found out that there are private schools there that are only for local full-blooded hawaiians and i thought well that's fascinating because that seems like it would be a real problem if we did that on the mainland with just white folks and it was a small taste and a very benign taste but it was an important lesson for me to learn it was an important way for me to understand just the kinds of things that can be felt when you are a minority in this country and if you think about how many minorities there are and how many places they go where they're always the minority and important places where they're always the minority that understanding is so key if you've ever felt profiled because of the fact that you're white good it's the uncomfortable part that we need to understand because that was probably a circumstance that wasn't warranted now but think about how many un unwarranted circumstances come out of being profiled for that reason just because you look a certain way so that's important um again i think the other part of it is to do what you can to be as empathetic as possible truly try to understand the issue taking a day off for juneteenth is all well and good but how you use that time off how you use that day off is extremely important I know I'm going to strive, and this is on record now, I'm going to strive to do what I can if afforded the day off by the federal government, I'm going to try to do what I can to support local minority-owned businesses, black-owned businesses, support my friends, support my friends who are now my family, because it's important to me that they feel included in the community, they feel supported for what they want. And again, I just want to point out, what they want is not a huge ask. It's a seat at the table. Think about it in terms of a dinner guest. They just want to be seated at the adult's table. When most of this history of this country, they have been seated at the adult table and not just seated at the adult table. The adult table has been throwing food at them, treating them like they're less than you know good enough. And everybody who lives in this country isn't created equal in terms of you know what they contribute to this country. I understand that. There are definitely layers of, you know, different people, layers of, uh, you know, people who don't necessarily deserve to have everything that other people do, but it shouldn't just be because of what they look like. It should be because of the fact that they don't want it. They don't want to earn it as much. And if you are looking at somebody and making a complete profile based off of just what they look like, then you're part of the problem. And if you are, 
take Juneteenth to try and figure out why it is you do that. Because I'll tell you something, I have never been in a situation where what somebody looked like dictated a situation and made me feel like I was warranted in thinking that just because they look a certain way, that they are going to be this way. It's just the truth. I had it when I was fat. I was fat, so therefore I didn't care. Therefore I was disgusting. And again, a very, very, very small glimpse into what black people go through. But I urge the federal government, if you're going to go the route of making Juneteenth something that we celebrate, if you're going to give that to white people, start giving black people something too. Think about the legislation that we want. Think about the legislation that we need in this country. Make this country better. For everybody who thought that Donald Trump was going to make America great again, why don't the elected officials actually do it? Actually put their pens to the paper, put their money where their mouth is, and stop writing checks their ass can't cash. I don't know. I'm over it. So if you feel like this is a win, congrats to you. But in my mind, this is just a small step and a distraction toward the real wants. And I don't think that Congress is willing to do it, at least not in its current build. And, and um, you know, let's see what happens. We've got time. So uh, a little bit of a serious note on a Friday, but I'll be honest with you. It has to be said. Um, we need to stand up for the people that are being treated that less than in this country. We need to be looking out for our fellow man and woman and transgender uh, because it's just important. We're all in this together. This country is ours and we need to be taking care of it, not just for ourselves, but for the others and for the people that we leave this country behind to, for my son, for my son's son and so forth. So hope everybody has a great weekend. Think about what I said. Think about how you are helping the community in your mind and in your life and be safe. Have a great weekend, everyone. Soulfully Casual is exclusively owned by Matty Ice and is brought to you by Matty Ice Media.